This episode of the Cinema Vention Podcast is brought to you by Rotting Wonk, RozJ001, Jack Wolf, and Wearmall 3. If you want to become one of the names listed, go support the show today at patreon.com slash wscottis1. Hi, I'm wscottis1, and I have not seen the movie Purple Rain. <gasps> Uh-oh, we found another movie Willie hasn't seen. This calls for an intervention. Where'd you get those goobers? Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Cinemavention podcast, where we review and discuss classic movies that I should have seen long ago. Today, we'll be discussing the movie Purple Rain, which my guest has seen before. He is the host of the BVJ show and the intro voice that you hear in every Cinemavention episode. Please welcome Jamie Lewis, a.k.a. Big Voice Jay. How you doing, Jay? Mighty good. Uh, I uh, tried to sing Purple Rain at karaoke last night. It didn't go well. (laughs) Oh, really? You know, got a little cocky, got a little little loose. Mm -hmm. Uh, You got got a little uh, off the stage. So, yeah, yeah, fine. yeah, yeah. You bit off more than you could chew, maybe. <laughs> Who flew too close to the sun? Thought I could handle it. Thought I could mm-hmm. have something. Yep, yep. Icarus, uh, Icarus, looking. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yes, <of course. laughs> but yeah, man. I honestly, I gotta say, like, it's it's been a. Cr- it, it, I think it's a crime that you haven't been on um, an episode of Cinemavention yet. And uh, well, this is technically, I am on every episode. But, true. Yeah. Uh, and this, this is gonna be, be the first we- time as a guest. Yeah, well, this is gonna be weird because it's like your intro is gonna uh, come in, and then it's <laughs> then it's actually you again. It's like yeah, yeah it's gonna yeah. be a little weird. <laughs> Looking forward to that. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be fun. Uh, but yeah, we're here to talk about Purple Rain, and as we always do, I like to go over the stats of the movie before we get started here. So we'll do just that. Uh, Purple Rain is available for rent or purchase on any major internet distributor as well as any retailer via DVD um, and is available to stream for free on Tubi, actually, as a matter of fact, which is uh, where we watched it in the watch party. Uh, Purple Rain was released by Warner Brothers Pictures on July 27th, 1984. The movie was directed by Albert Magnolia and stars Prince, duh, Apollonia... Apollonia. Apollonia Coteria? I butchered that probably. Morris Day. You don't have to roll your R's. Yeah. (laughs) You don't have to roll the R's. Yeah. Morris Day, um, Olga Carlatus, and Clarence Williams III. The movie had a budget of $7.2 million and made $70.3 million in the theaters. Uh, do you recall when you first saw this movie in particular, Jay? Yes, I remember seeing this movie at uh, one of the cinemas close to the uh, close to another relic at the time, a uh, a mall. You mm. guys remember malls? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, not only did you have the gigantic structure known as the mall, but you'd also have little outbuildings across it, shopping centers, things like that. Mm-hmm. And one of them was a little too a little two theater uh, building. And uh, we never saw the movie on the, on the opening weekend. We never did that. Uh, I'm from a large family, total six 
uh, brothers and sisters, but at that time, two of the siblings had not been born yet. So we were still our own group of four. And uh, this, Willie, was a theater with actual theater seating, flat. Oh, We did not have stadium seating as you and I know it. Now, mm-hmm, this, mm-hmm. I should also mention that this is B.C., before contact lenses. Uh-huh. So I had to sit up front, very, very close to the screen. You know what you don't get? <laughs> you don't get people with big hats sitting in front of you. <laughs> yeah, you were you were the you were the big head that everyone was trying to uh, get yeah, around. <laughs> exactly. Enjoyed every second of it. How hey, how's that taste? What do you think of that? Get your popcorn. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, and uh, it's interesting because uh my movie theater is still set up that way. Um and in fact, it's it's kind of frustrating because the nearest movie theater from me is probably about 20 25 minutes from here versus when I grew up I had a small little theater chain that was like 10 minutes down the road from me that like was its own right. building so yeah it's uh yeah it's crazy and yeah it definitely has that stadium 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 seating theater seating yeah yeah I think that's what it's called actually theater seating which is wild that that's still going on I mean mm-hmm. uh I mean, they're just holding out for uh, because they can or I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Obviously, this had to be newsworthy as the last the last outpost. And uh, uh, while everybody else has gone to theater seating and uh, I mean, is that while everything else has gone to stadium seating and to uh, a dining experience and everybody's trying to be an Alamo theater, this theater has decided to buck the trend and do it like they did in the 50s. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it's interesting, too, because theaters are uh, theaters are in a kind of a rough position right now, I feel like, with uh, with everything post-COVID and as with the release window being uh, being shortened, too. It's uh, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting where the, theaters uh, end up. 2020, um, 2020 brought us day and date. Uh, what what is normally called day and date releasing, mm-hmm. where um, where a movie gets released both into the theaters and on some sort of streaming platform, mm-hmm. and people liked it because they had gone to the end of Netflix or they've reached the end of Reddit or YouTube is not showing them anything interesting anymore. It's like ah, oh, we gotta have movies. Mm-hmm. So, uh. uh and that's not going to go away anytime soon. So mm-hmm. um, you, uh, as with most things, you either innovate or you get thrown onto the uh, dustbin of history. Yep. And uh, I feel like if they're not careful, they're going to end up being the latter <laughs> is my fear, which is. Yeah, so uh, we're going to own the dustbin of history. Okay, fine. You do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, let's talk about the the movie here, um, because this movie, I, I don't know, like it, it, this was a weird movie for me for many different reasons, because Prince in this movie also he's known as the kid in the movie, although I'm just going to be calling him Prince for the for for this episode, because that just Understood. yeah, because it just makes more sense to call him that. But um but it, but it's like Prince is such a weird character, not just in this movie, but like in in his real life too. He he was kind of like a weird character. I mean, granted, he might not have been like Michael Jackson weird, 
But every time I would hear the name Prince mentioned in the news, it was usually for something weird that he did. I don't know. Like, do I have a wrong perception of him? He would have, you know, maybe some sort of uh, odd writer in his contract for a, for a concert. And well, that's understandable. He, you know, you want to get yourself into the right mood. He's an, he's an artist and that's what artists do. Uh, people pay for the privilege of seeing the artist. And in order to get the privilege of seeing that artist, that artist needs to be into the right frame of mind. And if it takes 12 dubs and 14 bags of M&Ms to get into the right mood, so be it. Mm-hmm. That's why you put it in the writer and that's why uh, it makes news. Yeah, and it's why you make sure you read every contract you sign. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Including also, the weird you ones. Know, it, well, and there's also a little bit of a sneaky sneaky thing that uh, that goes with these wild riders it's it's so that the artist knows that the contract is being read mm-hmm. because if we uh have a bowl of m&ms that aren't all green if we missed a little some a small something like that in a contract what else did you miss yeah something big like the lights or the sound system Mm-hmm. or crowd control and it still works so it's yeah that's not going away either yeah exactly but uh but yeah okay so it was more just for like weird stuff like that okay fair enough but like it was just part of his genius yeah yeah well um <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll we'll see but uh but but here's the thing like throughout this movie um I don't know. You could tell that um, you could tell that Prince has this very massive ego um, that maybe that I feel like he was kind of playing because everyone expected him with with a level of with the guy at his um, level where he's at to be to have this massive ego. So it's like I wonder if he was almost playing that for the audience almost more so than if he actually has an ego, because I don't I mean, I, I never even knew him personally, but I mean. But like in throughout this movie, he very much has an, an ego about himself. But uh, doesn't it seem like that way? It doesn't come out as, you know, uh, 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 a um, boy. You look at him and go, "Good lord, he's he's got an ego." He, it was subtle, just mm-hmm. like uh, in that scene where um, uh, the uh, two uh, his bandmates were trying to get him to listen to their song and. Mm-hmm. He never said no outright, but he just looked at him and was like, why on earth are you bringing this? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. It's like, yeah, how dare you uh, bring this to me? Yeah. And, and, yes. fact, I mean, and it, yeah. it can be, it, it could be, uh, if I didn't make it, I yeah. don't want to know about it. Right. Yeah. I don't want to have, an, have anything to do if I didn't create it. I right. don't want yeah. it near me. I don't want, I don't want to have anything to do with it. Yeah, well, but it, but it but it also seems to me too that it's like yeah, like you have those instances that are happening like that, and of course he has his um girlfriend that he pissed off enormously too, and so it's like I feel like his ego starts to lower a little bit when he realizes like that he's like literally making everyone mad around him, and it's like he sort of does like a sort of course correction almost kind of, I don't know. Yeah. He's forced to grow here because mm-hmm. he's pushing away everything that that he loves. His art is suffering because he was about to get replaced at the mm-hmm. club. Mm-hmm. His girlfriend sees what kind of future they could have together, and she wants none of it. 
And the bandmates, if if uh, he doesn't start taking them seriously, they're not going to stay there for long either. Yeah. He has to make a course correction and realize that there are outside influences that could make him a better artist, that could enhance him. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and when Wendy and Linda present them that song, and it, it, like because it eventually becomes Purple Rain, which uh, which I don't know became like a a number one like you know single massive. and everything. Yeah, just massive like a massive hit. song. Yeah, right. Even like, with the three minutes of guitar at the very end, it's uh, <laughs> it was one of those songs that yeah. you could throw on as a DJ and go get a cup of coffee or go to the bathroom or go meet the person who was getting uh, free tickets, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. Right. Well, but um, here's what's interesting, by the way, about uh, those names, Wendy and Linda, because I I realized, because uh, I always go through IMDb um, for research for this show. And one thing that I noticed about a lot of the characters in this movie is that they're basically just using the actor's actual first names as their character in this movie. So... It's it's interesting to me, like, I wonder if everyone was kind of just playing like a, you know, dramatic or over the top version of themselves almost because because that's interesting. The fact that they chose to just use their um to you to use their actual names as their characters as well. I think it's more of um we already know who everybody else is and we're not going to slip up and call you Morris when your name should be. Todd or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think they're the uh, everybody is playing themselves here because they've got nowhere else to be. You know what I mean? There's mm-hmm. they they have to be themselves. Keep in mind, there would be no Morris Day without Prince. Mm-hmm. Back in 1980, you have the band formed the time. The time was formed back then. Prince wrote songs. Morris was the front man. And we had keyboardist and bassist, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, who would become super producers. I mean, making music that, uh, that, that uh, made the generation bounce for three and a half decades. Mm-hmm. Also, it's interesting the fact that, uh, that you said that Prince was the actual creator of the actual band the time like in real life and it's interesting that um that morris is now the is now prince's villain in this story which is very interesting right because uh because if if what because it sounds like what you're saying is prince's does have a hand in that band uh prominence as well even after death just this year in march mm-hmm. um morris day took the instagram and said, the Prince's State has forbidden me to use my name that I've spent four decades building up. He wow. could not release any albums or anything else under the name Morris Day in the time. And of course, the estate shot back saying, oh, no, 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 no. We, 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 uh, we, we'd like to license it to you. Maybe we can work something out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think they did work something out in his latest album, his last album, which he said uh, after this, he's retiring. He's, he's done. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, that one was released November the 11th of this year. Of this year. Like, yeah. This so, year. So literally like, yeah, last week when we're recording this. Like, yeah, Absolutely. last week. Absolutely. 
That's that's unbelievable. Wow. I mean, hey, talk about timing with uh, with us covering this movie, I guess. Right? Man. <laughs> right? Wow. That's that's insane. But uh, but yeah. And like so the backstories are all there and everything. And yeah, it, it, like the characters are. Yeah, just playing um, themselves, which is really crazy. And but going back to um, the girls giving him the uh, giving Prince the backing track for Purple Rain. Like, you know, of course, like Prince completely dismisses it. But by the way, with his stupid sunglasses on, which I just I can't get over those sunglasses. Like, like they're they were they were stupid, in my opinion. Just that was his process. <laughs> yeah, that was his process. Look, I'm not a, I'm not being an apologist for artists or anything like that. And mm-hmm. I'm just saying you just have to uh, if, just like any Mississippi leg hound, you just got to let him finish. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And, well, and, and also too, cause not only does he wear the sunglasses, but he also brings out this random like puppet or something that he's just like controlling, but it's, it's definitely a different voice if I'm for the mistake, puppet. We only saw that puppet once, right? Yeah. It was just the, for that one scene. That was it just for that one scene. <laughs> like, so I'm guessing he lost a bet. Uh, yeah, maybe it was charity thing. I don't know. We're just <laughs> throwing ideas out at the wall now, just to uh, wild speculation because we can't. Yeah, because because it was anything. yeah because it was very weird. And it was like in that one scene. It's like I almost thought that like that puppet was gonna make like a reoccurring bit throughout the movie, but no, it was like like they were almost. It was like they were almost setting it up to be a recurring bit, but it never was. Like it was so weird. It was like it was we've we've already shot this. Mm-hmm. And it really didn't add much to the story. So I guess if you could just let it sit on its own, maybe no one's going to ask, what was up with the puppet? And now here we are. Right. Yeah. Of so course. many years later. Well, yeah. I mean, we overanalyze everything on this show. So, of course, I'm going to bring up the the internet. We don't overanalyze (laughs) things. What are are you talking about? (laughs) Absolutely. But, yeah, but they basically get pissed and they just, like, storm off, essentially, is what happens. And then what what was crazy is that, like, the guy band members afterwards, like, they um, they were trying to figure out why they were so mad. And, of course, it was because they're not, you know, giving them a chance with this with this backing track for purple rain and their theory was because god got their period mixed up <laughs> and i'm just like wow wow like different time boys different yeah, time. <laughs> yeah that was very much a different time like that is a pretty sexist comment assuming that oh yeah. it's blatantly sexist oh yeah yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's almost, it's like, no, bitch, it's because you guys were acting like assholes. That's why they're fucking pissed. Like, yeah, shut up. <laughs> but I love how, like, of course, that track was, of course, the one that wins back everyone in the nightclub at the very end. So I guess in the end, they really showed Fritz, you know, that they were capable of writing a pretty, pretty good track. So, I mean, hey, who, who really won in the end there? <laughs> there is, um, there's a parallel that that uh, you can draw between the way the kid acted in the movie and the way Prince acted in real life, mm-hmm. as far as uh, as far as control is concerned. I just like I said, we wanted he, he needed to realize that uh, that uh, outside influences. If he opened his heart, if he widened up, if he widened out, he could be better. Now, Prince, the artist. 
wanted to control the art even after you buy it. Mm-hmm. He wanted you to listen to the album in its original order. Not a fan of people making their own playlists, cherry picking songs, only wanting to hear this particular song in this particular fashion. Yeah. And fan of remixes either. And very famously uh, chose not to include um, his music catalog on a lot of the streaming music services like Spotify and Apple Music when he was alive. Of course, when he back died, in, <laughs> then that, that back that, in 2010. Yeah. Prince said the internet was over. Yeah. He just he just went and said, ah, the internet's over. And now he, he clarified his statement to say that it was over for artists who wanted to get paid. Now, mm-hmm. I went and looked this up. Yeah. Last year, the internet helped to make one million millionaires. Mm-hmm. How did they do it? Because of crypto. Because of the stock market. Well, where's the stock market? Where's crypto? right here on your phone mm-hmm. and what's your phone connected to the internet yep but you can't tell that to prince because he's caught up in it prince fought against his record label his fan clubs even a baby yeah did you know about this yeah i've heard about this yeah where he like took down like he took down a youtube video where his song was in the background of just this random clip of like you know just just this baby doing i don't who knows what right 29 seconds of a toddler dancing and enjoying prince's music mm-hmm. can't even have that on the internet yep no you cannot yeah I, I, I honestly though i'm sure there's copies floating around everywhere because of this because it obviously it, it probably suffers the barbara streisand effect where it's like that stuff will that video will circulate no matter what you do you know <laughs> oh yes look the internet is forever much like diamonds mm-hmm. and De Beers had nothing to do with it. Now <laughs> the, the outcome of that particular case is it, it, it takes us right back to square one. The the circuit court said it affirmed the district court saying that copyright holders have a duty to consider good faith in uh, prior to sending a takedown notification, whether infringing material constitutes fair use. They also said, that fair use was not a valid reason for retribution. <laughs> Wait, yeah. So then, well, so then nobody wins. <laughs> nobody wins. Everybody back to their back to their corner. Uh, in fact, back uh, back in 2020, uh, the federal district court in Massachusetts said that Prince has Prince's estate has the sole right to video clips of his live performances. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So. If you find some clips of a of a Prince concert you you went to, you can't post it on YouTube because you will get a you will get a takedown. Yeah, you'll get a takedown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's interesting too because um, the Prince estate is is kind of interesting because I feel like there are some things that the Prince estate did that Prince himself would never do. And like we mentioned earlier, it's like I mentioned how like Prince was like very anti streaming services. He did not want his music to be on um, Spotify or anything adjacent. Right. But then after he dies, of course, his entire catalog goes right on to streaming music services almost instantaneously. Well, yes. I mean, last I checked, the estate was worth about one hundred and fifty four hundred fifty four million dollars. Yeah. So and he just got. The catalog back, his master tapes back from Warner Brothers mm-hmm. back in 2014. 
Right. Uh, you know, and he's like, um, he told, uh, he told, uh, entertainment weekly, uh, in an, in an interview, he said, uh, he criticized record labels like they're outmoded. Why did they get to take your purse, your work and take a piece of that? What do they bring into the table? You know, they're not bad people. I've known them for more than half of my life. The system is old. It doesn't work anymore. This is where he was right. Mm -hmm. This is where he's correct. Back in the day, if you wanted to get your uh, music in the hands, in the ears of the right people, they were only at the record companies, in the nightclubs, uh, in the uh, artist and repertoire department of every record company. Now, the right people are everywhere. Mm-hmm. Because of the internet, right? You get your music as a as a backing track to some uh, viral TikTok video, it'll put you on the map. Yeah, I'm hearing more uh, about um, uh, mashups and uh, music that I would, probably would not have heard uh, mm-hmm. uh, anyway uh, because yeah, uh, it'll uh, because TikTok will throw it up yeah. on. On, on YouTube. Yeah, three right? artists I can come up with off the top of my head uh, f- from TikTok. Lil Nas X, Bella Porch, and I had a third one in my head and it just escaped me. Oh, Olivia Rodrigo. That's another yes. one. Yeah, like yes. those three artists in particular have like massive followings now and the only reason they have those massive followings is thanks to TikTok and more broadly the internet. And and yeah, and, and and it's interesting you bring up masters because of course Taylor Swift had that major you know catastrophe where she like re-recorded all of her tracks so that she could own her masters and like yeah that was exactly this thing. is this is where Prince was was smart mm-hmm. own your stuff well I've said this uh, in the old Squids mixtape days and I continue to say it now. It is much easier now in 2022 to create your own record company or to create your own entity mm-hmm. that will own your that will own your recordings, your writings, your uh, masters, mm-hmm. and then you partner with an established record company, your Warners, your Universals, and all this and that. I'll give you an example: Dua Lipa. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had the biggest album uh, of all time, Future Nostalgia. If you look uh, down in the uh, down in the uh, credits, you'll see it's not um, whatever record company. It's Dua Lipa Limited mm-hmm. in connection with or under licensed agreement to whatever record company it was. I don't, right. I don't remember what so it is. Yeah, because because here's the thing. At the end of the day, all, like at the end of the day, all the record companies really want is, you know, they want a piece of the pie. They want some money, you know, and so like. And so I, I feel like that's kind of the best of both worlds because it's like if you share, if you do an agreement with a record label, but you still own your masters, it's like, it's like the record label still gets a, a chunk of the money, which is what they want. Um, you get the resources that they can provide of, you know, promotion and, you know, touring and, you know, all of that stuff. Right. And, you it know, and you still be, get to keep your masters. Yeah. It used to be that uh, the record companies will make the bulk of their money on the physical media. Right, the right. albums, CDs. It costs it cost pennies to, to uh, press a CD or, mm-hmm. to, uh, uh, or to press some vinyl. Mm-hmm. Not, not, not the vinyl we're talking about today, but the vinyl that was readily available back in the 70s and 80s. Right, right. Uh, but what are they selling them in the, uh, in the record stores to, for? 20 bucks. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, with that extra money, the record companies cut off a chunk for the songwriters, for the, um, uh, for the artists. Sometimes they got a little piece of it. Nowadays, you don't have that because right. you don't have the shelf space. You don't have the limited, the limitations of shelf space. Um, so with, with the streaming services and you can be on all the streaming services if you want to. Right. And, uh, and so in fact, it's have, in your best interest to be on all of them. Yeah, exactly. It is on, it is, uh, in your best interest to be on all of them because, uh, now you need to be accessible to every, to every streaming service you can, you can find right and now that, uh, and now that the streaming services are not just on your phone, they're on your computer, they're on your, uh, cable monster on your TVs. They're uh, built into apps onto, um, yeah, the Sonos, uh, what is it? Uh, little Rokos and Roku's and Sonos devices. Yeah. Uh, it would behoove you to have your, to have your music. And if you could just call it up, like with, uh, with a voice remote, just play me some Olivia Rodrigo when it does that. Yeah. This yeah. Is, this is, this is where you want to be. And this is where you want to have your music accessible. Now, uh, you make your money as an artist, not with, uh, not with streaming, unless you're just yeah, you're just well, getting of course, plays all you know every single hour of every single yeah. day. You make your money on touring, right? You make your money right. on merch. Mm-hmm. Well, and of course, uh, you uh, and of course, it also all of these these streaming services. It's in your best interest to be on all of them, not only for that, but also like to prevent piracy, of course, because um. Everyone remembers in the late '90s, early 2000s when you know, uh, oh LimeWire and uh, LimeWire. Yep, mm-hmm. like all of these uh, news like, groups. Come yeah, on, yeah, all of these uh, music services that were pirating stuff. And of course, um, you know, Apple famously uh, stepped into the mix and told record labels, "Hey, you're losing money on all of these, uh, all these pirating because you don't make it accessible to people. Ninety-nine cents a song." Like that is the standard on iTunes. Get on the train or 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 get lost, basically. <laughs> you know, and uh, this is one part. Well, I will actually agree with Steve Jobs, mm-hmm. and I, I'm I'm not an Apple fanboy, so this is not you know this really took some really took some doing on my part, and I'm very proud of that. Oh yeah, um, fair. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, it it made. It, it established a beachhead for distribution, and it was a sea change. Mm-hmm. It demolished the cassette industry, the CD industry, the vinyl industry, which is trying to have a uh, trying to have a resurgence for all the hipsters out there. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I said, you have unlimited shelf space. You have high quality music, and you have it on demand, and you have. You don't have to have, I mean, I really feel for the CD case people mm-hmm. that were that, you know, the, for the, the little traveling CD cases, mm-hmm. that's gone. Oh yeah. You don't have that anymore. The little MP3 players, people, they're gone. Yeah. yeah I mean, when you think of an MP3 player, you think of an, you think of an iPhone. Right. Yeah. You used to think of, uh, of an iPod. An iPod. Right. But now it's just an iPhone or well, it's yeah. just a phone. I mean, think about it. It, it, you could, it boggles the mind. Right, yeah, because they had the iPod, right? And then even Apple themselves, like, 
either I, I think it was earlier last year um just uh um have have finally completely discontinued the iPod line like the iPod yes. touch was like the yes. last holdout recent. yeah the iPod touch was the last holdout um like they had, they had canceled all the other iPods in 2017 but yeah the iPod touch held on for just a little bit longer until um until either earlier this year or last year when they finally cut the iPod touch and that ba- and that officially killed the iPod line that Apple had for so many years you still have an iPod on you uh, I do. Yes, I have one. In, I, I I don't know if I can pull it out of this drawer here. Actually, no, I can't because I've got equipment on it and stuff. I can tell you I do have uh, uh, one of those um, click wheel. IPod yes, touches, I have one of those yep. the video iPod touches. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the great things about it is you could use it as an external hard drive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's some questionable material on that. <laughs> uh, we do not. We will not. I don't know why I brought it up. You brought it up. Uh, next topic, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go back to talking about the movie, though, because um, I and you'll have to help me on this one because I can't remember um, who was in this particular scene at this moment. I want to say it was um, I want to say it was uh, was the love interest. I can't remember. But Prince at one point, um, quote unquote, borrows some uh, someone's watch Except that's not what he actually did. He essentially stole it. I mean, oh, yeah. I love how he just calls it borrowing when it's like, no, clearly you're stealing it, dude. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, it, it was, it's one of those things where, look, man, I'm trying to make art here. And you're impeding the process. Do not beleaguer the process. We're trying to get things done here. Mm-hmm. Don't get in the way. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, I want to talk about this aspect because there were a lot of creepy moments in this uh, film. Did you did that? Did it seem that way to you? Because there seemed a, there seemed like a lot of creepy moments for me. Oh, do tell. Yeah, because because uh, we start out with the fact that you know, like I mentioned before, our main love interest for Prince. Which, by the way, I said this during the watch party. I said. Uh, Prince almost certainly didn't approve to do this movie unless he had a love interest written in the script. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> I'm going to star in a movie. I want to see the love interest. Of course I'm going to do that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But uh, but it starts out with the fact that that said love interest, and you'll have to help me out again, Ap- Apollon- Apollonia? Apollonia. 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 Yeah. Yeah, I got to remember there's like an apple in it sort of anyway uh she has moved from new orleans to hollywood to sort of make it big in the music industry although (laughs) they kind of are they're kind of like showing it as hollywood although i think the filming location was actually in um uh missouri if i'm not mistaken um but uh but yeah but she but she uh, a couple of those were shot local as well they did yeah there were a few that were shot in la but i think the majority of the scenes were filmed in missouri if i'm not mistaken so yeah um but uh but she's trying to make it big in the music industry right like you know she's just like everyone else she's like she she wants to move to hollywood because she has this big dream of getting in the music industry and she has to deal with morris being a horny boy at the very beginning and trying to have sex with her and you but you know eventually eventually he stops and he's you know and he's like business uh, he's like business only right and that finally gets her to be like okay fine um but uh 
but she joins his all-girl group that he's trying to form just so he can get back at Prince, um, who Morris has a band of his own, like we mentioned, The Time, which apparently was a real uh, which was a real band as well, which I didn't know until today. But, oh, yes. But, uh, one, they played one of their hits, which was The Bird. Right. Oh, yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute, because yes. I've got some <laughs> those dance moves, man. I uh, yeah, <laughs> no, actually, I'll, I'll mention it until now. You're doing it on roller skates, man. Don't knock it until you're doing it on roller skates with all the right. lights flashing on you in the roller rink, and you go, bah! yeah, oh my god. Yes. All right, all yes, right, yes. fine. Yeah, yeah, because uh, yeah, good. Uh, then, uh, then I will concede. Then that is the only place where you should be doing that dance move. <laughs> well, you should probably do it on a cruise ship, um, toting a bucket of beers. all right fine one of those three-day booze cruises (laughs) yeah i don't know i just found that dance kind of cringe personally that's just me anyway but uh but he can't even manage to get his own band off the ground in this movie and so he's just gonna try to make an all-girls group work instead you know like it's a classic like you know uh, he's he's a person that kind of he's the he's the music manager that wanted to make it as a band himself but could never make it so he just resorted to being the manager essentially or like the record yes. producer <laughs> yes yes uh you know if you can't do produce right mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i mean that's just a good rule of thumb in in a lot of industries for sure but um but uh but not only does she have to deal with Morris trying to make a move on her, but but she has to deal with Prince's initiation shenanigans of what I can only describe as basically hazing behavior, kind of forcing her like forcing her to strip down to her underwear, mind you, and jump into this freezing cold like Minnetonka, Minnetonka, I think is what how you pronounce it. Well, he didn't force her to do it. He was just saying what you need to do is is this because mm-hmm. they were nowhere near the lake that he you know he wanted her to do that right and she's just like oh this is a body water this must be it off go the pants right she well, did that on her own volition yeah but also like <laughs> but also prince is kind of trolling around like let's be real it's like he he's like oh wait but that's not splash Can't and it's like both? it's like a little too late on that <laughs> But like, but here's the thing yes. too. It's like it's I I very much call it like a hazing thing because Prince is such an asshole. Like he, like it's not even the right one. Like and he leaves and he like almost leaves her behind, just soaking wet out there, right? You know. But then I guess he feels some sort of remorse. He goes back to get her, and then like is doing like that false start thing with his motorcycle before she can get on it too. Like I'm just like. Like Prince is such a fucking asshole. In Do that you know section. why he did these things, Willie? No, because he could. <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's my problem. That's the mystique I'm talking about. No, I know, and that's exactly I'm not my saying problem. It's right? I'm saying it's <laughs> all right. Fine. I'm saying it is the type of bad behavior that artists exhibited and were summarily excused because, oh my God. Did you hear him play on record X or did you hear him sing this aria? Blah, blah, blah. They can do no wrong in my ears or my eyes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll strip naked and jump into this body of water. Okay. I'll uh, let you play. Uh, and uh, you know, 
jerk the bike around while I'm trying to get on it. <laughs> right. Definitely an abuse of power, if nothing else, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah. No, yeah. That is, I mean, I, I guess that was more, uh, that was a product of the time, maybe, of the 80s, you know? Like, well, as we're talking about abuse, we're, we, we have to touch on, um, we mm-hmm. have to touch on the, the cycle of mm-hmm. violence that the kid finds himself in. Right. Uh, with his father. And I don't know if you noticed this, Willie, but after one scene where his father's, where his mother says, you never let me have any fun. And she's crying and sobbing. Mm-hmm. Abalonia says something along those same lines. Right. And I think that should be where, uh, where the kid, you know, it really hits him. Mm-hmm. I'm doing the same thing my father did. Right. And yeah. And, and he's, you know, famously trying to stop uh, that from happening to his mother. Right. Like, because, exactly. because that very much, yeah. Cause yeah. Talking about that particular point. I mean, you have, um, you have that. Yeah. They have the father and the mother who are, um, you know, like where the father's father is absolutely, you know, being abusive towards the mother. Right. And it very much is like a case of, you know, it, it seems to me like there's a it's a it's a case of domestic violence, you know, where because like like because the father is slapping the mother all the time. And like I mentioned, Prince is trying to intervene. And um, but then but then and, but then later on, he's just absolutely loving her to death. And, you know, I never want to let you go and all of that. Like, it's a very hot and cold relationship. You know, it's like. You know, it it makes sense why uh, why it, why Prince says that his parents are a freak show, quote unquote. You know, like that's probably putting it mildly. <laughs> yeah, and you know, the kid has to, you know, he's confronted with this, and it's just another thing that he has to has to course correct. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't do something about it, he's going to have he's going to have this future of abuse with Apollonia, something he was you know just adamant against, but it just comes out mm-hmm. right and he, he also finds himself and i don't know if you were able to make this connection too he found his father's music in the basement right mm-hmm. now what did his father say all the time i don't write down my music i i just keep it i just keep it up here why so that only i can play it only i can play it my way think about that for a second Mm. Prince only wanted to, he, the kid only wanted to play his music his way. Right. He never wanted to share. He was just like his father and he didn't even know it. Right. Yeah. Well, because, yeah, because that was crazy too. Because, like, that was, that was a, that was a weird, like, um, you could, I guess you could call that the climax of the movie where, like, where, he, like, yeah, all of a sudden Prince comes home and, like, and he discovers that his, that his dad, like, tries to kill himself essentially yes. and um <laughs> like like his yeah because he's got that piano he's been working on and then like you know like yeah like he almost blasts his head off now imdb says it was only an attempt and that he didn't actually die although he never his character never returns after that moment though so like i thought he had actually just died but like it left it open-ended it never said whether he actually yeah. died in the hospital or what mm-hmm. but he was taken out of the uh he was taken out of the uh out of the house 
mm-hmm. presumably alive. Right. But we never know what happens to him. Yeah, yeah, we never do. Yeah. Although, um, dead or alive, I do find it interesting the fact that um, <laughs> the best way to honor his legacy is to basically steal his music. <laughs> like, did you notice that? Like, uh, like, it, it, like he basically takes his, the box of his music and just steals it and starts making it into his own almost, you know? Well, it's, it's more of an act of defiance. Sure. His father said, only I can play my music my way. Mm-hmm. And the kid who, and, you know, and real life Prince was just a musical genius. He was a polymath. Mm-hmm. And he was, he was able to just pick up music, uh, musical instruments just by sight reading or just by hearing it. And he was able to play it. Uh, mm-hmm. In fact, the first album he did back in se- back in the seventies, I don't remember which date, played every instrument on it. Mm-hmm. Taught himself how taught himself how to play all of the instruments, and he played them himself on the album, on his very first album, and mm. it was amazing. Hmm. Fair enough. But he uh, he was able to take his father's music and share it. This is another part of him opening up Mm. you see what i'm saying this is another part of him learning to share learning to open up using his father's music which had closed him off all these many years and using that as a key to open up his heart and his mind so that he could have more success he could touch more people Right. With that music. Yeah, and uh, and uh, and to borrow my analogy from earlier, sort of lowering his ego, <laughs> basically, yes. kind of. Yes. Lower <laughs> yeah. that wall. Yeah. Make sure to let people in. I mean, uh, I mean, Prince. Um, Prince has kind of an ego in this movie, but the person who arguably has an even bigger ego in this movie, Morris. <laughs> True. This guy, True. man, like. Like he like I love at one point like there's the one scene where he's like he's saying like oh how he's the top dog and everything and how like oh this girl group is fine and all but um but I need something new you know it's like because I'm the top dog right like he always has this smug look on his face and and then this random woman who I presume is some sort of ex-girlfriend or something I'm not entirely sure but but she starts ah, complaining. The scene. Yeah, where she's like she just starts complaining about it. it's like who do you think you are just after he says like he's the top dog, right? And like basically telling him he's a piece of shit. And his response is to throw her ass in the dumpster. Yes. <laughs> like yes. who does that? <laughs> Morris Day does that. You know why? Because he's the top dog. He has a guy whose sole job is to hold a mirror for him so he can check his hair. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, yeah, basically, he's like, uh, he, he's basically the, uh, yeah, boss, right away boss <laughs> guy. Like, that's, Look, that's him. And, and that's another, it's another, um, part of the bigger picture of the artist. Mm-hmm. You surround yourself, you surround yourself with sycophants. Yes, man. Yes, women. Yep. Uh, and they're not going to tell you what you don't want to hear. They're not going to tell you, you know what, you're out of line. Mm-hmm. They're not going to tell you this is not the right decision. Yep. They are going to go along because you're writing the checks. Yep. And you're the one with the money and you're the one 
making it happen for everyone else. Now, if you've ever been in that situation, it can be very stressful. And I could understand where people just kind of uh, trip the trigger just a little bit, just go a little bit nuts. Yeah. Um, if you take uh, if you take someone who becomes uh, they were starring in a little tiny tiny show on television and they become suddenly they become the executive producer and the show's a monster hit. You don't think there's some stress going on uh, with that because you've got so many people riding on your decisions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's, that's a lot to deal with. And uh, you know, if you're, I think that's what got Amanda Bynes. If you, if you really want to, yeah probably well and there's also like uh, yeah amanda Bynes. like there's there's a lot of uh <laughs> there's a lot of messed up things including the fact that amanda uh Bynes, britney spears i could mm-hmm. go on and on yeah yeah well and it, and it and it doesn't help the fact that they that they had uh men in their lives that didn't really help the situation let's just put it that way yeah <laughs> yeah just not the right decisions being made here yeah (laughs) but uh going back to boris for just a second i love i also love that scene where um i i forget who in the watch party described it this way but it it was kind of like a who's on first (laughs) sort of situation where they keep going over what the password is like the password is what (laughs) i think the password changed like 20 times (laughs) (laughs) i'm convinced that was there for uh, that that uh, was the uh, of the same state as the puppet scene. Mm-hmm. We've already shot this, or it might have been completely improv. Probably not, but I there might have been. I think there might have been some stuff in there that was probably improv. Like it's there's you definitely know, some lines that seem like they're improv, but I don't know. I don't know for sure. I want to know how many takes that took. Oh, probably a lot, right? <laughs> yeah, because they were probably laughing their ass off every time. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's like, I can't believe this is being committed to tape. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't believe this is being committed to film. Yeah, right, yeah. Well, so um, uh, uh, speaking on Morris's girl group that he started, um, that that song, uh, which, the, by the way, the girls group eventually is called... Um, the Apollonia Apollonia six, which is Apollonia six, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah which is just this right. The Apollonia, Apollonia, the Apollonia six. Yeah, no, I'll get it right one of these times. But it's like, but it's like, I love how like it, she's like the the main star of the band. Like that's that's very much. I I've definitely heard of like you know I don't know. It's like it's like Destiny's Child almost in a way where it's like you know and it's like Beyonce eventually went on to do like her own solo career, right? And it's like. You know, um, I don't know, but th- but that song that they did uh, at the club, "Sex Shooter," was act. I thought it was actually a pretty decent song. Like that was a really good song. Like I rate it and everything. However, it did feel a little weird that during this particular band and during this particular song, the fellas were putting dollars on the stage like this is a strip club, and I didn't think that was that kind of joint here. <laughs> I don't think it was either, but. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when you're, when you're compelled to, uh, I, when you're compelled, you're, you're, you're just motivated. Mm-hmm. I think this, I think it's the safest thing they could do without getting the cops involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but, but after that, now, I've removed my pants in anger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. 
Well, but uh, so so Morris uh, during this performance, I guess, must have been uh, drinking all the champagne, right? Because he got incredibly drunk uh, during their performance. Like he was must have been drinking a lot, like to the point where he's now starting to get frisky with her later on in like the parking lot. And Prince has to ride it on his motorcycle to save the day, of course. Like, and, and like, but that scene was just so funny to me because I'm like. I'm like, Prince, you're not super bad, dude. Like, you're just on a motorcycle, you know. I, it's another bit of super surfing that ego. Oh, yeah, no, it was, it was it was it was a little over the top for sure. But um, yeah, so well, because it, it, it's interesting because like, yeah, because like you mentioned when um, he mentions that that she's going to join this girl group and, you know, yeah, uh, Prince, uh, Prince does um, does slap her and it brings you up, like you said, reminds you of that. um uh of what his father is doing um but uh but it was also like just after she surprised him with that white guitar that he's like i don't know if he always wanted that white guitar but he definitely like pointed it out at one point during the movie which is why she got that particular guitar and like and it was like it was like such a great scene it's like they were like they were so happy and then it just went south real fast right (laughs) yeah I mean, person A does something nice for person B. Person B loves it, but person A says something that yeah, person B doesn't like, and suddenly the day's ruined. Yeah, but I, I mean, yeah, it was kind of interesting that they play that they played the song "Doves Cry" like just after all of that craziness happened. Like, like it, it felt weird listening to that song after he ba- uh, after <laughs> after Prince basically just Will Smithed her in the face. <laughs> true but now take a look at the lyrics mm-hmm. and i think you'll find that it's it's kind of more in place than you think it is yeah i did notice that yeah yes maybe i'm just like my father mm-hmm. maybe i'm just like my mother she's never satisfied this is what it sounds like when doves cry just powerful powerful lyrics um I I wouldn't call this a full blown musical. It's just more of a a movie with a whole lot of music in it, right? Mm-hmm. But that music has got some real staying power to it. Yeah, it does. What the the track that doesn't have a lot of staying power though is uh <laughs> is the track that Prince decides to play when they uh, when they start having sex, like. Like by the way, you were telling me that during the during the watch party that there were three versions of this sex scene that that were filmed yes. for the different motion picture ratings. Um, I guess obviously they ended up choosing the R rated one because that's because that uh, that's what the that's what the I rating was. Know, I want to know what they left on the cutting room floor. What's the right? G rated version of this? We're just playing Uno or something like that, <laughs> right? Yeah. And what was the other one? I, what meeting did we have? They say, look, we're gonna we're gonna do uh, three versions of this um, uh, because we don't know what the uh, the motion picture people are gonna give us as a rating. So, uh, what do we have written for the uh, for the uh, dang? What was the other rating at the time? So, because it well, is rated R, right? Right. Yeah. This or, one. Yeah, yeah. This movie's okay. rated so, R. And PG like, thirteen was not a thing yet. Yeah. So it would have been PG, right? But then, yeah. What was the what was the third one then? That's what I'm trying to figure so we out. We have R PG. And I want to say G because I don't think X was. Yeah, was was I X I don't think a rating X yet? Was 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 really a thing? Um, because 
we were then then we're dealing in the realm of triple x movies and 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 things like that yeah and pornography uh, yeah right so it's like i said it's that's one of those meetings that i want to be a fly on the wall on <laughs> yeah uh where we're <laughs> and everybody yeah, i'm not really sure how this. you do that scene and get a g rating like i really don't see how you do that scene <laughs> there is no such thing as a g-rated sex scene there's not no <laughs> no matter how hard you try there's still going to be uh, sex involved right but uh, but yeah but i want to talk about that um that um that back that track that prince was playing while they were like just beforehand like he plays this tape of a woman crying but in reverse so it sounds like a woman moaning which i guess is i don't know how that sets the mood though it's like that's a weird choice to to play that particular track. Um, and also because he like, it would have been better if he hadn't explained it though. Right. Because he even explains that, Oh, it's a woman crying, but in reverse. Right. Like I, I just don't see how that sets the mood, man. I really don't. <laughs> okay. I'm going to give you a website and my password. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Fine. So, fair. It, it can be uh, look, you, a lot of things. Many, many things can, imprint on you and uh, fetishize it yeah. and turn mm-hmm. it into and turn it into a thing for you. I mean, this is before rule 34, the, the internet birthed rule 34, mm-hmm. because as long as there's something out there, someone's going to get really, really excited by it. Mm-hmm. Yep. You catch my drift. I mean, yeah, of course. <laughs> in this case, it, Yes, it was an extreme example, but it's also a valid example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I mean, it it, it it spoke more to the outlandishness of the kids' choices, mm-hmm. and he probably thought of it as art. And it yes was turned on by it, so that he could, uh, so that he could perform, mm-hmm. but. It doesn't matter how you see it. I, as the kid, see it as yeah, send the mood. Yeah, something to set the mood, something to be uh, respected and revered. Don't question it. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. No, I get. I could see that. That's that's a good point, though. Um, it's just a. It, it, I just. I mean, hey, I didn't say it wasn't weird. <laughs> you know? Sure. Yeah. No, because it definitely is weird. I'm like. I, I, cause I can't, like, I don't know, like that, as, like, I'm just thinking from, like, um, from, like, I mean, cause, yeah, cause Prince is weird. He's got his weird, um, he's got his weird kinks, right? But, like, it, but also the woman's still wanting to do it despite that. I don't know, like, <sighs> anyway. It's, it's, it is the aura. It is yeah. the mystique of being in the same room with this genius, mm-hmm, quote mm-hmm. unquote. Yeah, for and, sure. That has the power to do something for me, a relative unknown, mm-hmm. just fresh off the bus or whatever. Yeah, sure. And so you just go along to not, um, to you, you just go along to just to see where it goes and to, you know, yeah. not, not, uh, rock the boat. Yeah, absolutely. 
so uh so we'll end with so we'll end with this so there's uh there's like two there's two three more things i want to talk about with this movie that sort of like i thought were interesting um of course uh the first one being that you know of course this is 1984 so uh so the use of the uh, f slur in this movie was pretty rampant (laughs) uh to say the least including a moment where morris uh where like prince um prince says um uh dang it apple apolina and Apollonia. Uh, Apollonia. And uh and and Morris calls Prince a long haired F word. <laughs> like True. Yeah, there were a lot of F slurs in this movie, but again, this is eighty four. Not that it makes it right, but <laughs> so. so yeah, uh there were um there was uh some questionable language and it also uh led to one of Prince's more uh noteworthy transformations mm. let me take you to 2001 okay minnesota uh prince started attending meetings at a local kingdom hall and would uh and was baptized as a jehovah's witness mm. in minnesota in 2001 and would time to time go out in what is called field service you would knock he would knock on doors and he would speak about his religion. Now, hmm. think about this. It's Saturday morning. You've got your you've got your uh cereal, you got your milk, you got your coffee, you got whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's a knock on the door. And you've you you've seen the witnesses before. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you don't answer the door, but you answered the door this time. Right, right. Standing at the door is a natalie dressed man, short dude. And it says, hi, I'm Rogers Nelson <laughs> or Prince Rogers Nelson. I'm, you know, I'm here to tell you about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm here to talk <laughs> about, I'm here to talk about the good news. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Your day is done at that point. <laughs> right. You, I mean, you now have the walking dog of stories. Uh, there was a article in The Guardian back in 2004. Uh, uh, where a newspaper uh, in Minnesota reported how a, a married couple had, just like I said, answered their door one Saturday morning to find Brent standing there with a copy of the Watchtower, <laughs> one of the uh, one of the magazines. Right uh, now, the couple were Orthodox Jews, and it was Yom Kippur, but they were also Prince fans. Mm. So he gets in, ushered right into the house. Uh huh. So, and you know. I, I I bring that up to tell you that um, Prince really got into it, got into uh, uh, his, this new religion of his. He was raised a uh, Seventh Day Adventist, mm-hmm. but and you know much of his life was filled with you know Hollywood. You know you got your glitz and your glamour and your rock and roll. What do they call it? Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Yeah, that's Hollywood. Uh, and it made, you know, some of his later choices concerning morality quite difficult. And this is why, if you get convicted by religion and you say, you, you have to think about all the things that you're doing in life. Now, obviously, you can't change the past, mm-hmm. but you can change your future. You can change the present. And this led to him 
cutting about half of the songs that were just raunchy sex bombs of songs. Right. He vowed never to play them uh, uh, ever again. Oh, so the only time you could hear them is uh, the only time you could hear them is from the album. Now, I right. know, you know, some of some folks may be out there getting ready to email thinking, well, he died of an of a drug overdose. Yes, he died of an accidental overdose of the opi- opioid fentanyl mm-hmm. died in his home. Never said it was going to be easy. Yep. Remember, you've got decades of the Hollywood lifestyle that you've got to purge. Yeah. Because you want to get right with God. Mm hmm. It is not going to be an easy thing. It is not an easy walk. It is not, uh, it, it is not something that can you, you can just flip a switch and be done with it. You oh, still yeah. are an, you still are an imperfect person. You still have an imperfect brain. You still have things that, uh, uh, things that, um, you know, urges the little things, be it outside relationships or be it internal things that you remember doing that you love doing. Yep. People that smoked, people that drank, uh, people that were uh, promiscuous and they realize what, if, if they want to walk with God in this particular manner, they have to change and it convicts them and it convicts them hard to, and you know, this was this, this cost him money. Yeah. Let's be clear. This cost him money. Uh, in fact, he was, uh, he was uh, quoted in another article about swearing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he said, uh, you know what? Our sisters deserve better. You wouldn't, you wouldn't swear. Uh, the Pope doesn't, oh, not the Pope. Uh, he had, he had said, um, I thought I wrote the quote down here, but I don't have it. Uh, he, he had said that you wouldn't swear in front of your kids. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't swear it in front of your mom. So, and our sisters deserve better. And, you know, he's right. He, he's, he's, it is not something that everybody takes because Jehovah's Witnesses are everywhere. Yeah. You ain't getting rid of them. Yeah, uh, you're not. Okay. Yeah. It's not happening. They're there and they're in my family as well. Uh, I was raised, uh, I was raised as one. Mm -hmm. Uh, and they're not going away. The, the the Bible does not change. It, It is not a living document. It is, it is there and you need to change to uh, to walk with God in that way. Yeah. So you can, you can do that. You can not do it, but the choice is always yours. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. Well, and, and honestly, that's why I, that's why I don't anymore, but that's, but Hey, that's my, that's my prerogative. Yeah. You know, you uh, can, out of, out of all of us, out of us, six kids total, only one is uh, completely baptized. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, it, and it's not me. I was not. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, my, my family does have a print story. By the way, if you want, if you want to hear oh, that little little, okay. little story time with BBJ, you know, here. you know, uh, you know what we'll do. Actually, here's what we're gonna here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna have you save that, and we're gonna we're gonna do that one as a special Patreon bonus. How about that? Sure, no problem. No <laughs> but, problem. Yeah, we'll do that as a Patreon bonus. So, 
so yeah if uh, so yeah here this is the time to to join the patreon patreon.com slash w scottish one if you want to hear that story that um that jay has uh <laughs> so uh so i i i don't know if you noticed this but um there were i mean every movie of course has uh, something called adr where they go back and you know fix like little flubs or like maybe the audio got messed up in that particular shoot or something like that and um and i can't remember exactly what scene it was and i, I believe it's the one where prince was talking to the club owner honestly even then it's like that that information isn't important to this uh point because he's talking with another character and at one point they had to apparently fix something um prince had to re-record something with adr but it was like the laziest adr ever where like as a videographer and as a video editor i had (laughs) i had an issue with because they kept the they just kept the shot off of prince so that he could like say the one line in the booth and like, rather than like cutting just to like a wide shot or something, like I, presumably they could have just done that. Um, I don't know. I don't know the production workflow, but like, but that just seemed like a that like a lazy way to fix it, <laughs> you know. So I can tell you, as a voice artist, uh, learning ADR, mm-hmm. it is not an easy thing to do. Oh, it's not. <laughs> no, I'm. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe the maybe his like mouth movements were like like so not out of were so out of sync with the with the line he did. I don't know. Maybe that's why they had to. I don't know. But it was something. It like usually ADR is supposed to be like something you don't notice. This one I definitely noticed. <laughs> you know, and yeah, like yeah, yeah, they did really glaring, do a good job with that one. Glaring thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the final thing that I'm going to touch on that we haven't even talked about yet is that intro title, that Purple Raid intro title. That is such an 80s font that they used. Like, that is very much 84 uh, with the Ooh, whole like, title sequence. The at the time. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it was. But, like, here's the thing that kind of was weird about it, too, is, like, the credits had like a blue background, um, which was an interesting choice because it's usually a black background, but they chose a blue background for this one. But what's even weirder than that was um, the the sort of like mishmash of songs that didn't really flow that well with the closing credits. Usually, like the closing oh, the credits was terrible, right? Yeah, the, the usually the terrible. closing credits is the point where you want to showcase your best songs. Not with this one; they just sort of they just decided to jam pack like. 30 seconds of one song and like once it hit the 30 seconds no matter where it was in the song just fade into the next one and it sounded terrible <laughs> yes and uh i i don't know how it was done but you still had physical mediums that you had to edit with we don't know if this was you know i don't think it was we were at that point for, you know, back in the 80s, I don't, I don't think we were fully into the Dawes as of yet. Mm-hmm. Or if we did, it was, you know, they're not as, they, obviously they're not as powerful as they are now. Right. But uh, obviously, you know, if you had, people they might have literally been splicing tape with razors. Mm-hmm. Back in the old radio days where you, you, would, you would have to make edits on a physical tape a little grease pencil and slice it with a razor and make another edit with a grease pencil and then rock the tape, rock the, um, uh, rock the, uh, 
uh, rock the reels back and forth. Mm-hmm. And I can't say if you were, I, I have to, I have to imagine that this was not done by a computer or if it was done by a computer, it was done after about four, uh, um, four <laughs> forties. You know yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like a lot of alcohol was consumed. Yeah, but like, but here's the thing: it's like even if it wasn't, it's like there are there are closing credit scenes where they do the music just fine. Like the the fades are completely fine. But this one, like, yeah, I don't get why this one was so terrible for a for Things a film that was ta- like talking about music. Like music was the primary focus. You know, you would expect to hear the entire song, right? Much like in any other movie that you would that you would watch you would at least hear a specific mix of a song Mm -hmm. but you'd hear the whole thing not this whatever this was this fever dream Mm -hmm. and it could also be that yeah it could be uh could be the kid backsliding and say let me let me let me mess with this right quick you know yeah (laughs) yeah right yeah man all right, uh, let's go ahead and give our final ratings of this movie. So, uh, Jay, thumbs up, thumbs down. What rating do you give this movie? Given the time of the movie, uh, I think it still holds up because mm-hmm. uh, you have you have the timeless material. You have some. You have relatable material. You know someone who was going through this with their parents or someone who was uh, going through this as an artist. And you have those, uh, you have those uh, overtones and you have that subject matter. I still think it works. And the music was just bang on, closing credits notwithstanding. Mm-hmm. It's a thumbs up for me. All right. All right. So I I have a I have a different opinion about this movie personally. Get out. And <laughs> <laughs> but uh but hey man, like I I personally, I'm sorry, but I personally have to th- give this movie a thumbs down. I'm sorry. And I'm going to I'm going to explain why though. Because for me personally, Pacing is always a big issue for me when when I watch movies. Those of you who have listened to this podcast know this about me. The pacing felt a little too slow at times for me personally. And personally, I don't know why, but I just, I can't seem to get myself into Prince songs for some reason. I mentioned this on the watch party too. And I think it's just because I'm not the target demographic for his music, I think is more what it is. Like, I don't know, like his music is definitely meant for, you know, like sexy time and stuff like that's kind of where I'm where I think his music is. But like, I just I couldn't get into the music like the only song that I really liked that uh, that much was the um was the one like the Sex Pistols song like that was a really good song. I enjoyed that one. But like, other than that, like, I just, I didn't like the music in it, which was like a majority of the film. So, so that's why I have to give it that rating. So what was the total running time? Uh, do you remember? Uh, it was like an hour 40, um, something right around there. Now, did it feel longer to you than that? It did. It did feel a little longer than that. It felt like, it felt like, it felt like two hours to me personally. There were some times where it did pick up a little bit and there were definitely some moments I liked, 
but yeah, but it mm-hmm. definitely dragged on a little more than I would have liked personally. But I think that might be, I think that might be your age showing. <laughs> Maybe it, it, it probably it is. Be. It probably it is. Be. And uh, as far as the music, the the music goes, there's there's some of it can be an acquired taste, but you know a hit when you hear it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you know, you, you were still, you said you liked Purple Rain. That yeah, song, right? mm-hmm. I did like Purple uh, Rain, yes. That was a monster hit. Mm-hmm. Monster hit for Prince. Right, and uh, yeah, and I can see why. He, he And, you know, and he had hits for other people. Uh, but as far as far as the music, music is concerned, okay, darling Nikki might not be that <laughs> might not be your thing right which sure is, which is the last song he uh last song he sang before he had his uh he had his changeover mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah so yeah i mean and and that's the thing too like like you were saying too like like i'm not denying that this that that they're good songs like i'm not i'm not gonna say that they're not good songs i just personally can't i just personally don't like them like i just i just personally can't enjoy them but that's just me so you know and um, would you attempt to sing it badly at karaoke <laughs> no <laughs> not a prince song no i there are there are better oh, songs that on, i can man, sing poorly at. <laughs> yeah there are some better songs that i can sing poorly at karaoke <laughs> you don't sing better songs at karaoke you sing a <laughs> song at karaoke that Something yeah. easy, something that you can shout oh, while, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, four beers in or whatever. Yeah, I think I think Don't Stop Believing is probably my would probably be my go to track for uh, for karaoke. But <laughs> before you go to karaoke, there, there's uh, there's lots and lots and lots of listicles mm-hmm. on the Internet that will tell you which songs you need to think about. Mm. Oh, nice. Yeah. Lots and lots of lists. And the lists just keep getting longer every year. Yeah, so man. There's no shortage of um there's no shortage of things. You could build your own playlist. And depending on how depending on how um busy the uh karaoke queue is, mm-hmm. you could have your own little mini concert and you could do it just for yourself. Yeah. Uh if you were to go to karaoke, would you do it in one of those private rooms or in one of those uh uh or out here in front of everybody? Ooh. Hmm. Uh, depends on how drunk I am. <laughs> so we get you some alert and we get no. you uh, we get you on stage because I've done it with a band and I've done it with um uh, you know, just well, just a regular karaoke track, mm-hmm. and I guarantee you, I was the only sober one in there, <laughs> which allowed me to roast everybody else in there uh, <laughs> to the point where a couple of ladies uh, noticed me and is like, uh, "Again, this was on a cruise ship, which is the only, which in my opinion was the only place you should do drunk karaoke." Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, they were like, uh, "You gonna be here tomorrow?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And so we met up again tomorrow and we did the exact same thing. Yep. <laughs> well, hopefully we get together and do this same thing again. Uh, Big voice, Jay. Thank you so much for, uh, for joining me for this uh, movie and talking about it. Such great uh, conversations that we had um, talking about this movie. 
Uh, if folks want to find uh, more of your work, where should they go? Uh, well, they can listen to the Cinema Adventure podcast. You can hear me there. And uh, you can also hear me on uh, the BVJ show. We do the show once a month. We uh, talk. Uh, we just do. We just share three hours of the most stupid things that we find on the Internet. And we play some cracking mashups. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we just have a good time. And it's always on a Saturday night. Uh, so just follow the channel twitch.tv slash big voice J and you'll automatically get notifications when I'm live. And we usually do that as a lead in for the diamond club movie party where we watch terrible movies and roast them for four hours. It's, it's all good fun. So talk, get, you get to, you get me being stupid for three hours. And then you get to take out your stupidity on two very bad movies mm-hmm. right after that. Yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, it all starts. It all starts 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash big voice. J. Our next show is next Saturday, whatever date that is. Oh, uh, <laughs> I do not know how to promote the 26th be, yeah. of November. Yeah. So Thanksgiving weekend. Yes. Yeah, so that'll be fun. Uh, yeah, twitch.tv slash big voice J. And yeah, like you mentioned, yeah, you get to, you hear them every time I, every time a new Cinema Vention episode comes out, technically. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, thanks again, Jay. Uh, of course, I My do. My pleasure. Yeah, of course, I do a watch party for each of the movies that we review on this show. If you want to watch the movie with myself and fellow listeners, kind of, kind of movie party style, just without the terribleness of the movies. Uh, you can join the conversation in our Discord. That's at discord.cinemavention.com. We got tons of people uh, talking about all the movies we uh, we cover on this show all the time. It's a great little community to hang out and have fun. But if you can't make it to the watch parties that we do, I upload them exclusively to the patrons who support over at patreon.com slash is one in their very own RSS feed. Thank you very much to everyone who supports this show and keeps it going. And uh, if you have thoughts about the movie we discussed today, you can send an email in at, to email at cinemavention.com and visit all uh, visit the website to see all the previous movies we've covered on this show over at cinemavention.com. Thank you, Kevin McLeod, for the use of the music. Uh, he, he is the intro and outro music soundtrack for our show. You can find his work over at incompetech.com. And we'll be back next week to discuss the Thanksgiving movie Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Uh, man, I, this is this is going to be a fun movie to talk about for the Thanksgiving holiday. And um, I feel like this is the only Thanksgiving movie that's out there, really. So, uh, so we'll be covering that movie uh, next week. Until then, we'll see you next time. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>